Welcome to PR360, a weekly public relations podcast where we bring on the best and brightest minds in the PR industry. We discuss the important topics that you need to know. Tune in every Wednesday to find out. Hosted by Brett Dicer and in partnership with Global Results Communication. Find more information on globalresultspr.com. And welcome to a new episode of PR360. And I'm your host, Brett Dicer. If you could please subscribe to PR360 on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music. Leave a five-star review if you like this podcast and let us know how we can help you better as always. But this week I have Jai with me and she is, well, she's a K-Beauty consultant. She also is a video marketing, she also has a video marketing agency called that basically is dedicated to rising at Korean wave, also co-founding just a bunch of different things in Korean beauty brands. So we've got very interesting podcast episode for you, but welcome to the show, Jai. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yes. And the first question I asked all my guests is, are you a coffee or tea drinker? I don't like coffee at all. I love um, here in Korea, they have a lot of uh, fruit drinks, fruity drinks. It's not necessarily sweet, but they have a lot of those spe- special fruits. And then same in Senegal, where I'm from originally. So a lot of hibiscus. Nice. <laughs> hey, I mean, <laughs> that's great, too. I mean, if you have all those natural teas, I mean, I can understand why you would be a little bit. Exactly. Got you. And then I gave a brief introduction about your expertise. Can you give our audience a little bit more about your expertise? Sure. So here in Korea, we have our K-World Media Agency, which is a digital uh, marketing agency. We focus on video marketing. So primarily what we do is we help Korean companies uh, with their video content. It could be for social media. Um, We do short form and long form content. And uh, most of our clients are Korean beauty brands, essentially which is really my passion. I'm a big fan of K-Beauty. That's what brought me to South Korea. And then on top of that, I do a lot of uh, consulting in terms of uh, Korean beauty. Gotcha. And then, I mean, what are some things that PR pros may not know about video marketing? I think um, a lot of the things that uh, might be disregarded is the concept of user-generated content. It's a very, very big thing that should be always implemented somehow. Um, And making the content more accessible. So that means that whenever you create some content for any type of brand, you want to really tell a story. And when you tell that story, it means that you want um, the consumers to relate to the brand. So that's when you can become more intimate, have a maybe something that tells the story of one of the employees or one of the founder or how the brand came to be. So it's very important to have a story to tell and repurposing your content in a smart way. So we have tons of social media today, too many maybe. So it's very important to not just make a content okay, we have a video, we're going to post it on Instagram, then we're going to post that same video on TikTok and that same video on YouTube and Facebook. So you have to repurpose the content in a smart way, meaning that your the audience you're going to have on Instagram is not going to, not going to be the same you have on TikTok or YouTube or Facebook. So in that sense, the content needs to be adjusted and the message can be the same, but it can be 
delivered in a slightly different way. Got you. And then is there any tips for PR pros on getting that user generated content and video? Do you have any like tips or tricks to get more of it? Cause I'm pretty sure a lot of us are like, we would love that, but sometimes it's kind of like I get nothing. <laughs> I think that uh, one other thing that is maybe disregarded is uh, video SEO, which is something that not everybody's kind of familiar with. Uh, I know we talk about SEO in blogging, but video also has SEO and is very important to implement. So that means that you want to make sure that, for example, when you do a YouTube video, the content that you're going to post on YouTube must have you know, those keywords that you're going to be using, right? But they have to be reflected in the description, in the hashtag, in the title, and then that's when you make sure that your content kind of makes sense and like the algorithm is going to pick it up, understanding, okay, this content is about this something very specific that is mentioned. And then that's when the view starts. All right. And are we seeing video as being content that is kind of what brands need to create now? Because I know for a while it was written word it was pictures and then video but are we seeing just more just video being the de facto type of content that they should be producing yeah i think i think now we already saw that a lot of brands and company are implementing video content because they see especially with social media it's all like this digital marketing this digital era that is telling us okay now we need to move on to video and platform like tiktok before it was youtube then even now it's instagram instagram starting with posting you know pictures and then we got stories and then we got lives but now you have all this new way that is focused on reels you know and the whole concept is kind of um um, Instagram wants people to align with the concept of TikTok. And that's what we see in YouTube. You know, we had the long t- uh, term videos and now we have the shorts. So video is the way to go today. So if any, any company or brand is not implementing, you know, 80% of their marketing with video, that's something that needs to be changed. It doesn't need to be a dramatic change, but it needs to be slowly implemented in the marketing strategy. Gotcha. And then, I mean, even going off of that, how should PR pros create a strategy around short-term and long-form video content? So we have TikTok and we have shorts and then we have YouTube videos and everything else. So when you create the video content between the long and the short uh, form, you have to really assess what is your audience. Because based on that, you're going to be able to create very... uh, going to be able to create different type of content meaning that if your audience is a very young audience maybe that audience is more interesting in something more um, funny more uplifting maybe something that's uh, more educational maybe you have another type of of, uh, audience that is um, that wants to have really more detailed information so based on that that's how you can adjust the type of content and obviously uh, depending on the platform you're going to use also, that's going to affect. Gotcha. And then for PR press, how do you create like that compelling video? I mean, you've talked about different categories. Is there other things that they sh- should consider? Maybe different types of equipment, maybe actually like storyboarding or writing a script or something like that. Like how do they create that compelling thing that people want to watch? So there are two things uh, to keep in mind. The first thing is going to be uh, viral content. 
And when you want to do that, you need to stay on top of trends, which is kind of hard because there are so many things going on in so many different industries. But, um, you know, one example that I just want to mention, for example, that is very uh, that was very interesting when it came out was the whole trend that happened with uh, Squid Game, that Korean game, the Korean uh, drama movie. So whenever that came out, uh, we saw all those uh, designs. Remember that the triangle, the square, the circle. So a lot of brands use that uh, content to create games within their their video content or creating animation or creating uh, something more interactive. So that's one of the first things that you can uh, implement. So see what's really kind of trending viral and make it work for your brand. You know, it doesn't mean like you're taking it and then you're just a copy and paste, but see how you can implement that in your brand. And then the next thing is whenever you create a um, a new video content, it's really important to have something, le- a story, like I said, a very have a story from beginning to end. So you want to take people on a journey and that's when you have to have the whole layout of... Um, the idea, the brainstorming session where you're going to be right, scribbling ideas, have a storyboard, like you mentioned with your teams, and then see how you can create something that will be, that will make sense at the end. You just don't want to do a video just to make a video. You want to tell something. Gotcha. And then moving on to more influencer marketing, are we going to be seeing like more employee influencer marketing with all this stuff? I know we do have a lot more outbound influencer marketing, but are you starting to see more of a shift to looking at your own employees and maybe trying to make them more influencer within the company? I think um, we're going to see more influencers, but we have to be careful when we em- what, about the term employee influencer, employee, uh, employee, because what works these days with the influencer is the, the idea that people can relate to them and that they are detached from the brand. So if we see this concept of having um, influencer employee where, you know, brands are employing them and they are really a part of the brand, it kind of defeats the purpose somehow. So now, you know, for um, PR agency, that's that's going to be a different thing because when you select your influencer, you're going to make sure that the influencer have specific values that kind of align with the PR agency pretty much because you want to make sure like whenever you're going to have them collaborate with the brand, it kind of makes sense. Gotcha. And then are there any tips for PR pros to actually pitch to influencer? Because creating a list is like half the battle is the next part is actually pitching in. I think like what's really important and that's the, we did some influencer marketing and uh, from my experience, that's very important when we work with brands and influencer together it's really understanding the brand, the branding of the brand and understanding the branding of the influencer and make sure that they match because you don't want to have somebody that's got, that's not going to reflect your brand in a positive way. And you want people to relate to your brand through the influencers. And that means that you guys need to have somehow the same values. So if, for example, you're going to be working with your a clean beauty vegan brand and you're working with an influencer that's not necessarily very focused on this aspect of you know having very uh, specific type of beauty content and kind of talks about any type of beauty beauty products 
the alignment is not 100% there, you know, versus if I'm taking like maybe a vegan um, uh, oriented influencer that is very focused on, you know, natural ingredients, then that aligns 100%. And then when you um, work together, then the community of that influencer totally feels comfortable because they know that their influencer is already in that um, concept. All right. And do you think Web3 will actually have a positive impact or will have any impact on more influencer marketing? Because we've keep on hearing about Web3 and how it's going to revolutionize the web and everything or supposedly revolutionize the web, I probably should say. So is this going to like completely change influencer <laughs> marketing or is it just going to be another wait and see? I think it will. Uh, I don't know yet how good or bad it will be, to be honest, because we've seen it where it's going to be a great uh, opportunity for influencers in terms of rights of their content. You know, it's going to be, you know, everything is going to be more based on blockchain. It's going to be more, um, you know, decentralization and more, um, there will be more trust, at least at that level. The other side of it is that we don't know how far that web, three is going to go in terms of using virtual influencer because we're starting seeing that way more. So if that keeps going that way, then that will affect the influencer, the current influencers, because if brands think that it's, it makes more sense for them to start using virtual influencers, then what's going to happen to the real life influencers. Got you. And so it may even be, and this is more, a little bit more of a hypothetical, it may be, Virtual influencers and real life influencers, and you split them off. It's really, that's what it's going to be. So, you know, here in Korea, we see a lot of those because, you know, Korea is very advanced in terms of anything like, you know, digital. So we see a lot of these virtual influencers getting more and more popular. And I found it's very fascinating to see that people actually would actually follow these influencers and feel like they feel a connection to them, even though they're not real. So, but that says a lot on what are the possibilities moving forward. Could this also be region specific? Let's say the Asian market really likes the artificial influencer, the virtual influencer and the West or maybe portions of the West are like, kind of like, eh, I really don't know about this. Like, is there, will there be a dichotomy of that? I think there will be definitely a gap between how we're using it here and then how it's going to start affecting the West, um, the West side. So hundred percent, because I mean, we've seen those AI influencers, VR influencers, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, and they started getting more popular overseas too. So I can see how eventually, you know, in, in the US, we might see more company or testing it and see what is the response. And I think that's when we're going to realize if, okay, this can work globally or if it's just as something specific per regions. Gotcha. And then when doing the research for influencers, should PR pros really focus on their interaction with the community? Because even in web three, everything's about community. So the future is all about community. And so should we be really focusing on act the actual interactions and seeing what they do more than just how many followers they have? Yes. You know, I always tell the brands, uh, Influence the number of influencers, not uh, the number of followers is not important, really, because 
I've seen so many cases where we see people with 100,000 followers and then the engagement is so low. It's just pointless, to be honest, to work with these influencers. So I'd rather have somebody that has 5,000 followers and has at least like, you know, maybe like a post has 100 likes and, you know, 20 comments. This is more relevant. This is more important than having tons of followers with no interaction, no engagement, because in the end, that collaboration is not going to be successful because you're not going to have any turnover. Gotcha. And I mean, with this, will even the stats change with, like you said, the virtual influencers versus the real life influencers, when we all have to like figure out analytical stats for VR now and figure out like how many virtual people follow this person or something like that? Yes, we will, because it's going to be a different demographic, number one. And I think it's going to be using different type of, uh, we're going to need new tools, obviously, for this. So that means that the the results is going to be very different. So, and um, uh, the platform will be different. So 100%, we're going to have to separate the two. Gotcha. And... For influencers, like we were talking about everything, should NFTs be brought into the picture as well with the virtual influencers and maybe the brands itself should, for makeup, for you to have specific NFTs for beauty brands and everything with the influencers, or should should brands right now stay away from the NFTs specifically and just focus on the influencing? I think it really depends on which industry you are working in. I think for um, for beauty, it's a little bit more tricky. It's trickier because we know about the whole uh, environmental thing with the N- NFTs. So you know, if you're we're going with the beauty industry, we're going towards this trend of you know being very clean beauty, uh, ecology. So it kind of contradicts in a way if we are moving into this NFT zone, but I could see how, you know, all the brand, all the industry can, you know, I can totally see that happening, but in the beauty industry, I can see brand using it, but they have to be very careful in how they approach it. All right. And fun question for you as a kid, what did you want to be when you grow up? (laughs) Uh, I wanted to be a, an interpreter. So I loved anything related to, I wanted to work for the UN or something like that and travel the world. And I've, I had a big love for languages. So that was my initial uh, thing. But I feel like somehow I kind of did that because, you know, I studied so many languages and I lived in New York. Now I'm living in Korea. So it kind of aligned somehow. <laughs> They all worked out in the end is what you're saying. (laughs) (laughs) Any final thoughts for listeners? I think that um, we all agree that video marketing is going to be the next thing. You know, that that couple year, I mean, couple years ago, long time ago when internet came out, nobody believe that it would be what it what it is today when youtube came out nobody believed it would be what it is today so i think everybody needs to keep in mind that the content that is going to be the most um important and the most uh, converting for brands is the video one and 
There is no rules in terms of what is okay to do and what's not okay to do. Video content is very broad in terms of what you can do in terms of creativity. And you can use very complex equipment to very simple thing like a phone to create video content. So there is no restriction in terms of content creation. Of course, the key is going to be how you will put it together, how you will tell the story, how you would put the ID uh, together and how you're going to deliver the message. And in terms of um, influencers, I think we need to kind of wait and see what's going to be happening in the virtual world. But I think everybody should keep an eye on it. Nice. Well, thank you for joining PR360 and sharing knowledge about videos and video marketing and influencer marketing. Thank you so much for having me, Brett. And thank you for joining PR360. As always, please subscribe to PR360 on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music. Leave a five-star review if you like this podcast and let us know how we can do better for you. And join us next week as we talk to another great thought leader in the PR industry. All right, guys, stay safe. Get to understanding your video SEO and your influencer marketing. See you next week. Later.